follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you this evening? Doing good, Shad. I'm doing well. Great. We want to say thank you all for being here with us for this episode. We'll get our shout-outs taken care of first. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's number four capital C and Corners Capital P and Podcast No Spaces. Save ten percent off your order. I actually have a sh- one of those. Uh, the last episode I complained about my wife having gotten one of their sweatshirts that was so great. Went ahead and ordered one for myself and ordered it a size bigger so we could tell them apart and she couldn't steal both of them that way. Hmm. For other shout out. I'm going to pass the ball to Matt. That would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know, Shad, Orlando Cologne, because he's from yeah. Puerto Rico. I've heard he has quite the kill count of chupacabras. Chupacabras? He's a uh, he's an, he's a master uh, killer of <laughs> – he's a master hunter. <laughs> he's a chupa hunter. Didn't they put out an awful, like, monster hunter movie recently with Miller yes, Jovovich? I think, I think so. Paul Thomas. Isn't... Really? Which one is she married to? Wes Anderson? Or Wes Anderson? No, Wes Anderson's like the auteur, isn't it? Like P.T. Anderson. Uh, One of them uh, makes really shitty movies. You know what's? You know what's a great underrated <laughs> movie is uh, Monster Squad. Dude, you kicked the Monster Wolfman and the Nards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's married to like Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, uh, like his movies, can get a little terrible sometimes. You know, it's funny. I went to no, Puerto I'm Rico. No, I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong. I, yeah. Who which Anderson am I thinking of? Um, I have to look she up. was. She was. A, it's Paul W. S. Anderson. Okay, there's too many Andersons. There's P. T. Yeah. Anderson. Yeah. Who's not? There's Wes Anderson. There's movies actually. Paul W. S. Anderson. That's the there's one. There's Arn Anderson. There's Ole Anderson. There's C. W. Anderson. It's just <laughs> there's so many Andersons. Yes, I went to so Puerto Rico in the '90s. And um, you could get chupacabras on shirts because I think that was like the height of it, like the, like its pop culture um, relevance at the time. And um, that was um, I don't remember what it looks like though. So oh, see, there uh, there's two different uh, compelling versions of what the chupacabra looks like. There's the 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 wolf with mange that they caught. Was that in Texas? They caught yes. that. There is a there's there. People have described the chupacabra as either like a canid or canine looking creature. Yeah. And they've also described it as some sort of like small like lizard creature. Yeah. yeah. So that's the original one. I think the original one's supposed to be like a lizard creature. Yeah. yeah. And um, they had a, well, or if you 
if you believe the the Dexter's laboratory theory, it is a small microorganism that was engineered in a laboratory that's not actually eating the animals. What was that stupid thing that you found? <laughs> I don't you, know. You remember he made the little thing and it like went away. It was like a little termite thing. And then he went to check out the chupacabra and it was just that that guy. I don't know. Um, this is what I get for thinking about you. something I haven't watched for 20 years. To be yeah. honest with you, when you get talking about Chupacabras, I immediately go to Red versus Blue. It's like, what are we going to name this thing? We're going to call it a warthog. See, it's got tusks like a warthog. Well, why don't we call it a puma? It's like a big cat. You're making that up. What, are we going to call it a call it a unicorn? Or, or what's that thing that eats goats? Chupacabra? That's right, a chupa thingy. <clears throat> It's another well, if, um, 20-year-old reference. If you're still wondering what we're going to be talking about, we are, <laughs> we are, we decided that uh, we wanted to delve back into cryptids as like its own episode, just because I think Matt and I find it interesting. I think Matt and I are, are similar, though. We're not so much into like the magical, obvious folklore stuff, but like the the stuff that could theoretically exist that's just an undiscovered species or strange sightings of like recently extinct species like how um you get the odd tasmanian tiger sighting currently yeah i i'm obsessed with cryptids like i listen to a lot of podcasts about cryptids just because oh there you go <laughs> that was just ho- that was just mr burns after like um a medical treatment <laughs> Um, I love I love like listening about cryptids, reading about cryptids. Um, I, I kind of have since I was like, a little kid. I think because I am like Fox Mulder, I want to believe. I want to believe in cryptids that they exist. Um, but we're all like we're all men. We're all men of science here. Um, so we don't. I, I don't think any of us we can actually say like oh, absolutely believe in these cryptid. I can never believe more than like forty nine percent. Like I want to believe, but it's like until I basically either see one with my own eyes. Or it's scientifically proven. Obviously, like we're not. Gonna, I'm not going to just accept it as real. But I want to believe. So, uh, much like with professional wrestling, like I will suspend disbelief. <laughs> so I will, I will take some cryptids as more realistic than others because yeah, Bigfoot totally I... exists. Like I believe, <laughs> I believe that. But you know, wink, wink. I don't believe it. But I want to believe Bigfoot's real. So I always, I actually have like a little collection of, uh, of like Bigfoot socks. <laughs> I think like I think like Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot, not not like the weird offshoots that like from like other parts of the country, but I think like the Pacific Northwest is pretty dense and like wild, and I I don't think it's I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that there's um, some sort of ape creature that's not keen on human interaction that's hanging out in like some. Mm-hmm. hard to navigate part of the woods that we just haven't found. Yeah. And there's all sorts of stories about Bigfoot, especially like in the Pacific Northwest and the ones that actually fascinate me. Um, I've heard a couple where it's like some, some dude will, who's not a local, but will see like a Bigfoot or something. And he'll in complete like shock, talk to like a local and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I think I saw like a Bigfoot. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like there are, they, those to me are fascinating because it's like they're kind of – those people just accept that it's actually a real creature. 
Like, oh, yeah, we've seen them all the time. Like, yeah, they're just over there in that part of the woods. To me, that's fascinating because that's something that's like, well, maybe they are real. Maybe they, maybe they exist. I have, um, since I'm obsessed with cryptids, I actually would categorize them. Want to hear my categories? Sure. I would love to hear your categories. So I, I would say like, because I'm, I agree with, uh, I agree with Brad. Like I think the one, the, the cryptids that fascinate me the most are the ones that actually might, in theory, be plausible. Um, so I put three categories. One <laughs> is the cryptids that are basically like supernatural. And That'd be like a one, puka. And a uh, yeah, something like a a fae, a fairy, like yeah. that would be supernatural. Or some of the ones that have kind of popped up more recently, in in recent term, in recent <laughs> times, like the black eyed children. Like that's that's something that a lot of people have reported. But that's to me, it's like that's ser- clearly like a supernatural type of yeah. Or um, people are experiencing. Or my favorite, my my mm. personal favorite of the of the like magical ones that has like some folklore behind it is the kelpie which is pretty much the water horse that's like hey come <laughs> over here i'm a poor innocent horse like haha sucker i'm drowning you yeah you would yeah. hop on the kelpie and then it would be like they're made of velcro and you're stuck to them and they'd run into the water yeah yeah uh the second category kind of broad category i would say are sort of like mythical and i kind of would there's obviously like a lot of things that could fit into that, like dinosaurs or mythical. Not, sorry, not dinosaurs. Like dragons or dinosaurs are. <laughs> God, I'm getting all confused. Dragons are mythical, mm-hmm. uh, and I think when I say mythical, I mean I think they're kind of conceptualized by people, um, maybe because they are just memories of things that actually did exist. Like I think obviously people back in the day could have been digging, like in medieval times or prehistoric times, they could have been digging and come across, you know. To basically dinosaur bones and then constructed oh my god this was a you know this monstrous creature and that's kind of how like you know legends of dragons came to be when mm-hmm. really it was just probably something that existed i, I and, wondered if some of that's popped up from like they encountered like a komodo dragon and it bit something yeah and you could mistake like the infection for like some sort of burn and yeah. like its breath being so like i could see i can see in the the annals where where you could get a dragon from something legitimate or and you, you just know, call could... those like the baby version of it <clears throat> yeah or there could be other things like the irish um myth or cryptid of like the banshee where the banshee is supposed to be it's supposed to warn you of impending doom or impending deaths like that's something that to me it's like very it's like mythical like it is doesn't necessarily exist or have to exist but it's just something that you know we've taken we've con- taken this conceptualized idea or fear of death or you know something like that and kind of created this boogeyman about it and then the last category is the one that i actually would describe as more like natural and that's kind of the ones i'm like i think brad and i are really focused on or fascinated by it's the things i would even put like bigfoot in that because it's like there's a lot of obviously myth and lore about bigfoot but i do think if anything if any of these like cryptids are real i think that something like bigfoot might be plausible in the sense like brad said it could just be like an undiscovered primate and we kind of we kind of balk at that like here in the states because it's like if you were to say something in like africa which still still is very unexplored because some of the jungle is so dense Mm -hmm. if you were to say like oh yeah maybe something that exists there we could talk about other cryptids in africa or whatever but 
Um, that might be plausible, but people don't think like, well, America, like people act like, oh, we've, we've, there is nothing undiscovered about America. And that's really not true. Um, because people, I don't, I don't think people really have a concept really about how America's really set up one and even two, just how gigantic America is. It's a, it, we're, we're literally most of the North American continent, like just we're, we're, it's an absolutely gigantic. I think, I think what, I think what people, I think what some, what happens with some people is you need to leave your like coastal metropolises and even like, even if you come to like Ohio, I live in a major city, but if you get about 10 minutes outside of the city limits, you start getting wild pretty quick. Yeah. And just like I live in Northern Virginia, um, literally if you just drive like an hour outside of DC, then it becomes uh, not necessarily heavily wooded, but it, it becomes way more rural. I mean, way more. Like, just lots of essentially farmland, lots of open fields, a lot of mountains. It's, it's that, and that's just Virginia. That's not even like a, one of the more, the larger states with as a large amount of actually like wildlife. And well, and like, if just, you're talking about stuff like, if you're talking about like Wyoming and Montana, those are more wild than than tamed yeah yeah Yeah. okay so uh sorry to i'm sorry yeah yeah go ahead uh so so just kind of to kind of end up at that point it's like people like you mentioned like the coastal it's like we always see like maps like you know x like half the country lives along like the coast both east coast west coast and then half the other the rest of the half of the country is like spread out everywhere else it's like yeah because it's a large landmass much of it is either you know, farmland or it's mountains or it's desert or it's just forests. It's like very, very large and really diverse and spread out. So uh, to, to act like, oh, no, like there could not be any sort of like large hominid uh, primate out there is I don't think it's like crazy to think that there could be because there's so much that we don't really know about the country. It's just there's so much like forest and wildlife and fauna everywhere. So. I mean, I live live in central Kentucky. I'm Mm -hmm. 15 minutes south of Lexington, home of the Kentucky Wildcats. For God's sakes, get it together, guys. But the it, it, you know, you head east, you get into the Daniel Boone National Forest. There's a lot of, um, well, just basically forested mountains through there, and. If you get in there and don't know where you're going, the number of people that just get off the trail and die in the Red River Gorge, which is a heavily traveled area, not far from, you know, about an hour from me, you know, they just get off the trail and they're gone and they can't find their way back. It's not super hard. And the other thing I was going to say, talking about things that now look in, in as far as this goes between the three of us, I'm actually kind of the skeptic on it but for for years everybody in enlightened europe knew there were no hairy beast men in africa until someone brought back a gorilla carcass and dropped it on the table how they thought that the coelacanth was extinct for how long and then they just found them like it's it's not i mean the oceans really i mean Let's be honest here. There's the the ocean might as well be like deep space to us in a lot of ways. Like the ocean's yeah. really 
an undiscovered country in and of itself. Well, like it, the And um... I'm pretty skeptical like I I think where I fall on it is um if it, like I don't discount the fact that a Bigfoot exists, but I also think like most of the sightings and especially stuff outside of the Pacific Northwest, I think most of it's just BS or hoaxing. Like yeah. my first reaction if someone killed a Bigfoot is oh they they it's going to be a hoax and like it's always a hoax. They shot some dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of sightings people could have if if you're actually seeing if you're saying you actually saw what looked to be like a hairy ape man and it's like out in your face, okay. If you're just like, "Oh, I saw like this really big brown or black or reddish uh thing and it was moving through the trees it's like yeah i would say like pretty great odds you probably just saw a bear like that's really just probably what you saw and and i would i want to add to people people are not we're not good like with visual information Mm -hmm. like we're just not um that's why that's why eyewitness testimony and like criminal trials is so bad because we unreliable yeah, yeah, we're not reliable. Yeah. We don't interpret things we don't understand well. Our brain will try and fill in gaps to make us understand, but we try to <clears> we so try just... to extrapolate it to something we know. Like I think um it's actually an interesting facet of Star Trek that I think is actually true is that like in Wrath of Khan they talked about how he didn't understand space was a three-dimensional area so they they got the jump on him on a battle because they just came up under him and started shooting him yeah there there's everyone has blind spots and your your brain will either fill in on those blind spots or rationalize them uh, and, until... and just as someone that spent a lot, good amount of their life in woods you just see weird shit sometimes like yep there's a lot going on and like you catch just the side of something and usually it's nothing but sometimes you know weird stuff happens in the woods you hear weird yeah. noises um yeah yeah i i'm again i want to believe in bigfoot but again i'm like i believe him in him like 49 percent. i i can't really actually believe in him um, so I just it, think it's I just think it's fun to like read about Bigfoot and hear the stories because um, I think he's like a fun cryptid. It'd be it'd be kind of fun if like these things existed, in my opinion at least. But yeah, that's so what's just your um. What's your favorite Bigfoot knockoff? Uh, well, depends on what you consider a knockoff because there's a lot of people who who talk about like the Dog Man, like Dog Man exists, which are kind of like Bigfoot but look essentially like uh for lack of a better word like werewolves they're supposed to be like you know seven eight feet tall and have more like a canine head um and it depends upon how deep you want to get into like the bigfoot lore because there are bigfoot people who claim that that's actually just a different type of bigfoot i'm thinking like momo was momo in missouri yeah momo's missouri and it's probably it developed from something different, but I kind of consider them the same thing. But like the Yowie and um, in Australia. Well, yeah, it depends on how like deep you want to get into Bigfoot lore, because there are people who just say like, well, that's just like they're kind of 
the same creature, just this where the different. Bigfoot shipped off their prison Bigfoot yeah. in the yeah. 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Bigfoot that they didn't really like, they shipped them all over there. <laughs> You know the Australians are like a, they're like they can be like some of the nicest people, uh, and I've I've met a few I've had a few Australian friends, but they can be like they can be crazy. <laughs> I, I just think of the Simpsons <laughs> episode where they went oh, to Australia. The yeah, yeah, and um, and he brought the frog over. He's like, I'm gonna call it a Chaz Wizard, <laughs> and then they like breed uncontrollably, and like Australia is just nothing but frogs because he introduce oh, like, yeah. a strange animal to the ecosystem and i think the ending was like a koala coming over here yeah one of my favorite uh this is really like a non-sequitur but one of, one of my favorite uh simpsons clips from that episode it's kind of like un, kind of gun goes unnoticed but uh it, they're at the american embassy and remember like homer is like messing with the one of the guards oh yeah and he thinks pretend, it's like, um, acting he like thinks... yeah acting like he's one of the beef eaters and who uh <laughs> guard Westminster Palace in Britain. Yeah. And the guy just like hits him and he's like, we don't tolerate like we're Americans, we don't tolerate that kind of crap over here, sir. <laughs> oh, that's a great that's a great clip. I, I, I still laugh at that one. <clears throat> so, so what's a so like yeah. away from Bigfoot, like we have our obvious lake monsters, which um interestingly enough, I did not realize that the the modern concept of Nessie, like the first sighting of that, came from a guy that had just seen King Kong in like the 30s. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were supposedly like, like you mentioned the um, the the Kelpie. oh god the Kelpie earlier, and sulkies and stuff. That's like in Gaelic lore. So there was like a story or two prior to it, but that was in the 30s. Whenever Nessie like actually started in, getting traction there there hadn't there'd been uh some story about a priest and like yeah, oh same, was yeah. that the the way and then there was another story but the idea of it is a long neck creature came from someone and it's funny the long neck stayed but even like i guess nessie enthusiasts think that the it's not a credible source but it was literally a guy that had just seen king kong and if you haven't seen the 30s king kong there's there's literally a scene where they get they like start falling into a river and a long neck like dinosaur starts eating them yeah which um have you guys ever seen the 30s king kong movie i've seen pieces of it i haven't seen the whole thing many many years ago it's really good but it's violent as hell (laughs) like people just getting straight up like eaten by things (laughs) well did you guys ever see the uh I think it was like 2000 uh, era King Kong that Peter Jackson did. Didn't Maybe like it was like it. really. I didn't like it either, and I also feel it was way too long. It was like at least a three-hour film, and it's like there's no reason for this to be this long. I, I, but you that start one losing me. me. I, I, you start. You have to be damn. You have to be like a Marvel like epic or like Lord of the Rings to go over two hours with me. Like otherwise, you need to get your <laughs> shit done in like 90 minutes, or you're losing me. It depends upon what the. It depends on the type of movie. If it's like a comedy, it's like no, you, you can wrap this shit up in ninety minutes. If it's <laughs> like a drama, the thing is like some of those comedies are like getting to be two hours now, and it's yeah, like yeah, it's like it's like what are you doing? <clears throat> yeah. See the the interesting thing about that is 
that when um, Monty Python was making Quest for the Holy Grail, the thing they discovered is no matter how they ordered the scenes and no matter what jokes they put at the test screenings, there was always a same point in the screening whenever the audience would get tired and stop laughing. <clears throat> and so if you push too far, everyone's going to be tired by the time you get to the end of the movie and they're going to be tired and they're going to be wrung out and they're going to equate that with it being bad. What do you so remember how long it was? I, I don't there. It might've been that they did that and then they put a break in the middle. Is that where <clears> the know, weird where intermission, intermission is? <laughs> it might be. May, if that's the case, and I'd say there's probably about 45 minutes until they need a break, and you can have your break, and then you go back into it. And then, so it wouldn't, well, I can look. It wouldn't surprise me if um, if Quest for the Holy Grail is, is right around 90 minutes and split into two 45 minute halves. Everything's too long now. Yeah. A yeah. lot of stuff like wrestling shows are too long, movies are well, too yeah. long. NFL well, I, games are just intolerably long now. I swear to God, yeah. they get longer every year. Well, yeah, like I said, like a comedy, I think ninety minutes—that's your sweet spot. But if you're if you're like an action film, uh, hour forty-five, maybe up to two hours. If you're like a drama, <clears> you could do two hours. But once you start getting past two hours, like you better have a real good reason. Like yeah. Wonder Woman eighty-four being like two and a half hours. Why? Oh, and it wasn't even that good of a film. It didn't need to be two hours long. So it's not as if it had all these like crazy action sequences that wasn't it like really long into the movie before there was any action. Oh yeah, there, yeah. Wasn't it just a lot of her like taking advantage of some poor sucker that she like sold latched her her love interest onto? Yeah. I yeah, wanted to um, like it a lot, but I couldn't. So Monty Python and the Holy Grail is ninety two minutes, and um. I will also admit this. One of my top five movies, I love the movie Shazam. It's 132 minutes, and I'd be willing to bet the reason that I hang with it so long is because like, I'm invested in the character. So <clears throat> I can see why some people who probably may not be as invested as I am would be, uh, you know, would be tapping out earlier. Yeah, you know, and we, Monty Python yeah. has uh, the best payoff that... Really, the plot of the movie is them being hunted down by the police for that professor that gets murdered in, like, the first ten minutes. <laughs> you know, there's a stealth joke in there. It's a fair cop. Because they didn't have an ending. So it was ah, a cop-out. Nice. It's a cop-out right there at the end. It was a better cop-out than um, Blazing Saddles. I hated the end of that movie. Oh, it's been so long since I watched Blazing Saddles. Yeah. It's just a clusterfuck <laughs> ending. Okay. <clears throat> well, where were we? Were we on Lake Monsters? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the 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 Nessie, as I guess we know it now, started in the like thirty three, I think it was. Yeah, that's about okay. when King Kong came out. There's also, I think, does Ogobogo um, predate Nessie? I don't know, uh, but I'll look. I yes. Um, and if you count the fact that there were kind of legends, Native Americans, the Native Americans actually. It was like supposed to be some unholy union between like some girl and some like creature, wasn't it? Oh, I never heard that. I just heard there's that. Probably, there's probably murder involved. I don't um, know, but there were, um, 
kind of legends. I just thought that... there was some sea person loving going on that made it. Oh, okay. So in the native, I'm <clears throat> I'm doing real deep research here. I'm on Wikipedia. The Native <laughs> American story. Ogopogo is more cl- closely tied to native myths than any other lake monster. <clears throat> so the tribes in the area, they called it the Nitaka. It was an evil supernatural entity with great power and ill intent. You could translate it to water demon. And he, he demanded sacrifice for crossing the lake. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's pre-European settlers showing up there. And then, um, the first detailed alleged sighting of Ogopogo from, uh, a Caucasian person was in 1872. Okay. You do have to watch, I'm not saying with Ogopogo, but you have to watch sometimes, though, because... People will try and claim there's some, like, local, like, ye olden time, like, native lore to it, and then you'll try to research that, and you'll find out that they're just full of crap, and, like, it just started with some weirdo in, like, the 1840s that probably had too much to drink, and... That's what happened in, um, with Nessie, is with the, with the claim of the sighting, someone just wrote in the paper that the story had been around, quote, for generations, and everybody's like... It has? <laughs> so to be skeptical, if, if they claim like there's like centuries of lore, like a lot of times, like you might be able to trace it back into like the 1700s, but like it's usually just some drunko that, um, <laughs> that saw, you know, had a hallucination or something. Um, Ogopogo is one that I've. I like this one because um, if I would have to say like any of these like monsters are, there might be something to it. Uh, the fact that there have been like a lot of sightings over if you can, if the native uh, legends are actually like based on something and they they are real, in the sense that there actually are native legends and so not just something that someone said. Oh yeah, yeah. like no, oh, yeah, it's, everyone's known about this for like centuries. It's like yeah, okay. Uh, hopefully that's. Actually, they're actually taking like native legends and not just like oh yeah, putting words in people's mouths. But to me, if that if that does if those are legit, then this one is kind of on the more plausible spectrum to me because there's been like quite a quite a few sightings. Um, there's like some videotapes. I've I've tried to look and see about the videotapes. The thing about these, like whenever people take videotapes of them, it's like it never looks convincing. It looks like it's a just, stick. Yeah, it's like there's something in the water. It's like, yeah, it could be like one of a hundred different things. It could be like a log. It could be, a I don't bird. know. Yeah, something. Who knows? Um, but there have been pe- there have been reports of people who have actually seen something that they thought was like serpent-like. Um, and you can, I'm not saying it's like a. I think if anything, like this is this would fall into it could in theory just be like some sort of undiscovered creature. And there have been people have explained like this could possibly exist because one of the big things, and the thing about Nessie that is always like the, the big sticking point with it. It's like, if you'd have to have, if you're, and if you're accepting this as like a real creature, you'd have to have essentially like a large enough population of them to have yeah. like a breeding population. And that gets real complicated. Uh, yeah. You have to have multiple ones to even have, 
you know, genetic diversity for that to exist. And so if that's the case, then you probably should be seeing these things like everywhere, like more than like yeah. a, a sighting every few years. And uh, you need you need enough food in the exactly. lake to support that. And that's the yeah. thing about like Nessie. They've always said like if if it actually is uh, of the size that it supposedly is, uh, it would there's not enough food or fish yeah. in in the in Loch Ness to actually sustain that. There might be like enough to sustain like one, but it's like well, unless it's like some sort of immortal creature, like it's not. This isn't the same thing you've been seeing for decades or however long. Um, well, yes, now, wait, parrot. given that it's in Scotland, mm. this could be a Highlander cryptid. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah, but then, but, but Chad, that doesn't even make sense because then it's obviously got to go around beheading other cryptids to steal their powers. <laughs> but some of the, some the of the Highlanders <laughs> didn't. Some of the immortals didn't. They just like went somewhere and kicked their heels up and hung out away from everybody else to try yeah, and avoid all of Yeah, then someone comes a call in for you, though. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, and everyone would know where Nessie was, so yeah, some um, <laughs> chupacabra standing on the standing on the the shore screaming for Nessie because that that guy <laughs> from uh, the first Highlander movie was hunting Kurgan, yeah, yeah, Kurgan. That's a great movie. I need to watch okay. that again. It has one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my life in it, though, <clears throat> and that is. Um, Oh, I'm gonna forget the the name the, of the him guy. Him shitting on the Freebirds in the beginning part because he was no. saying like I'm just watching no. a shitty wrestling match. No, the um, Christopher Lambert and or Lambert is sitting in the little, middle of Loch Ness with Sean Connery in the boat, and Connery looks at him <clears throat> and says, "So tell me of this Scotland of which I know nothing." I laughed so hard I about wet my pants at that. <laughs> Oh, I forgot Sean Connery is in that. Yeah, he's like the mentor. <laughs> which which one did they bring him like back from the dead from? Was that Isn't two or this... was that three? Uh, they, oh, they didn't bring him probably back. three. They did bring him back for one of them. Probably three. Because they got really bad after that until they did like um they did the crossover one, which wasn't great, but it was not as bad as the other two. I don't remember which one that's called now, though. I remember um, liking the Highlander series and watching that quite a bit. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was good until they did like the weird thing where, um, oh god, I can't believe I remember this, where he had he had absorbed like the spirit of too many evil immortals and he started going crazy and then he fucking killed Richie like in the last season and he had to do like this cleansing thing. Yeah. Oh wow! What I. How the fuck do I remember a storyline from like <laughs> twenty seven years ago? <laughs> See, the nineties. We should we should probably do like uh, an, a podcast just on the nineties, like nineties syndicated shows, because Renegade. that would, yeah, like that. The nineties had actually like a lot of really good, or like I guess they weren't that good, but I mean, <laughs> they were fun. A lot of I would genre. say Hercules was okay. I thought it Hercules okay. and Cena had its moments. And, until um, Hercules fell down when Kevin Sorbo got sick. And then it became Hercules, the stories of Aeolus, because Kevin Sorbo's not here. <laughs> that 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 frustrated me so badly. And then you can watch Xena for um, Bruce Campbell to show up. So that's yeah. fun. But... Uh, I'd have to look because there was a lot like the 90s was actually where you really got that glut of of syndicated programming because yeah. the 80s didn't quite have as much. 
because that's kind of where it took off because i think where it really got extreme like with the first run syndications because star trek the next generation was such a hit yeah i feel it also was because kind of like the expansion of cable because i remember i uh, we probably in my household got cable in like the late eight, like in the late eighties, we got cable, but we only had like one cable box. So it was in like the living room and I like whatever, like my dad wanted to watch like that was, that was basically what happened. Yeah. But in the nineties, I think I got more affordable because then all of a sudden, like we got cable boxes in like all the, all the bedrooms and everything like that. So then I watched I think a lot of stuff. you started stop. getting more tier planned and you didn't have to buy like everything. Yeah. You didn't have to have a cable box for all of it. Right. So to tie this back, I'm going to invoke a series not a lot of people remember starring Ron Perlman called Beauty and the Beast. Oh, wow. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It looked so bad. I never watched it. But I do remember. Do you remember the Friday the 13th? Yes. Um, series? No. Yes, I remember that one. That one ran for like three or four seasons, I think. And I liked it for the first couple seasons. And they like got rid of like the main, one of yes. the main actors. Yeah. Yeah. And they got like a, a secondary dude. like a, And I, I don't think it was as good. I feel like it only ran for like three seasons. I actually looked this up. Not that. It somehow. had more episodes than I thought it did. Because I, I thought like, oh, this probably ran for like 13 episodes. And I, I think I looked it up and I'm like, oh, it had like 40, I think. I'm looking at, oh, I had three. Wow, it has 72 episodes. Wow, okay, yeah, so it had even more than I thought. Yeah, the first two seasons had 26 episodes, and last season had 20. Yeah, and, like, they got rid of, like, the main stars mm. after, like, the first two seasons, and oh. that really annoyed me. Um, I used to hate when shows would do that, or, like, they'd get rid of, like, the the main character. Like, remember... um. Uh, this is this is going way back, but remember like the Hogan family did that, and they brought in like Sandy Duncan. Yeah, I remember that. And that was like, why even keep the show going? I uh, the the trope of either changing out the actors or we bring on the new cute kid to desperately try and keep people paying attention. Or you do, um, or you start having Urkel become different characters. Yeah. Okay. At that point, at that point, that show went from being a family sitcom to a sci-fi show. And if you're just if you're there for that ride, you know it can be a little bit fun. I can't imagine though because that show lasted. I know, I know about when I stopped watching it, but I think that show went on till like '97 or '98, like. It limped along on a different network for another couple years. I don't know who was watching that by the end. My one of my old roommates when I was in grad school was. And I that's the only way I knew that the show actually had a finale to it. Whoa. Is he watched it one day and I was just like, "Huh, cuz I just assumed it got canceled and they never wrapped everything up." <clears throat> but yeah, you know, it went it went uh, CBS, I think. Family Matters went until it ended in uh, the summer of '98. Wow! And it had overall nine seasons, 217 episodes. Wow! That's crazy. Yeah, that's. that's uh... I I punched out way before that. Yeah. <laughs> no, as soon as he started becoming like Stephen Urkel or whatever, is about yeah. when I was done. Yeah. 
I, I I got a I got a kick out of the Bruce Lee thing, but <clears throat> you know that happens. Um, so cryptids. Uh, <laughs> to, to go back to Okopogo. Yeah, um, there we go. So Nessie like isn't believable because it's like there couldn't be. Uh, and there's a, they've 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 done like scientific research around the lock. And there's no external sources that a creature of that size could fit through to get into the lock. Like it would have to sustain itself. Yeah. Now the lock itself is actually quite large. It's not just like a little Mm -hmm. pond. It's pretty big. It's the largest lake on the British Isle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even even then, I think I think for something of the purported size of the Loch Ness monster, you'd need access to ocean or like a vast. I'm talking like a vast, like even like maybe the Great Lakes. Well, I don't think Champ's credible. I think Champ's actually the least credible Mm. of them. But um, Mm. I, you need like you would need either access to a vast network of of lakes like across like a, a large land mass or you would have to have ocean access that you could come in from and be able to either have that body of water be an actual salt water mm-hmm. body of water getting fed from the ocean or the creature would be able would have to for some reason be able to survive in both yeah yeah conditions <clears throat> but that's and, why okay go ahead yeah and a lot of these are in colder climates mm-hmm. so having them be some form of reptilian thing seems uh rather unlikely uh being cold-blooded so unless there is some form of long-necked walrus hanging around um i don't i don't find that uh super likely so the thing i would actually to to me why i think okapogo is more credible is that there are allegedly there's a lot of like uh kind of underwater caves and there's like an underwater system that mm-hmm. it could in theory be ducking down into like these caves or whatever um and there could been... also be extinct too like the true this could actually be based on some creature that was alive five or six hundred years ago that since died out too yes and yeah. i think i think some of these like cryptid sightings that it's like a like a legendary type of cryptid that you, you've kind of been passed down. I feel like it could, in theory, be based on like a real animal that went extinct. But um, there are they have there have been like recent sightings, and again, one where it's like, if, oh, I took a video, and it's like it's just it could be a log, could be anything. I'm kind yeah. of discounting those. Uh, one thing I did think was interesting. This was like within like the last 20 years, there was a dude who was doing a marathon uh, swimming in the okay. lake, and he basically said at one point he was kind of like pausing to rest and then he noticed uh, basically two different creatures following him. And he actually said he got like a good look at them. And they, at another point, they actually came reasonably close to him within like a few feet. And he did notice it was kind of – I forget exactly how he described it. He made it almost seem – I'm not going to say like a serpentine – Thing, but more in to me the description was almost like eel like mm-hmm. kind of like that but he did indicate that they were of like pretty substantial size in the sense that it's, it's like maybe let's say like 20 feet something like that something that's like a good length yeah 
Uh, and he said there was a couple different ones. One was bigger than the other one. And he basically intimated that they weren't aggressive. They just like, it's almost like they came to like see what he was doing and then wandered off. But it was a very, the reason why that's to me, like that's interesting because I always like, I always, to me, the reports that aren't sensational to me sound like the more credible. Cause like, well, maybe this person did just see something. They're not trying to make, make things really fantastical so that they get a lot of attention. They're just like, no, like I was swimming and I saw these weird things in the ocean and in the lake. Mm-hmm. To me, that's more credible. It's like he's not trying to get anything out of it per se. Uh, and to me, like if I had to believe that this thing does <coughs> exist, I think it's quite possible it could just be not even thinking like a, a reptilian type of thing. It could just be like some weird giant eel or some, or other, some, ta- some other type ass, of fish. Or some <laughs> jackass had um, some exotic pet that got too big big that he oh yeah like because i i i I wonder like the loveland frog seems to be like the later sightings seem to be some iguanas that someone like let loose into the wild those could be really damn big iguanas (laughs) maybe it's more like a some sort of monitor lizard that yeah but i i do wonder how much like currently like some of that's just like someone had an animal that got too out of hand and you know instead of doing the responsible thing they just like let it loose in the wild and they saw some weird creature but i I wanted to add though before i forget that what really bums me with cryptids though is um i'm gonna i'm gonna draw the slender man in here oh my god thank you and and um here we go seeing seeing how people treat that as real and we legitimately know the person and like the message board and like when that came into existence and the fact for a fact that that's like one of the earliest memes yes. on the internet it makes me wonder how many of these cryptids actually have similarly flimsy like origin stories that have just gotten hyped up like going back to like saying like well like the the indigenous people of the area have some like long standing lore and then you kind of like look into it it's like no like you just you just said that because you you thought it'd make you sound smarter and and more credible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could let's use like the Loveland frog. It could just be like some dude saw like a really big frog or like you said well, maybe like a, a uh just a uh, reptile that some dude had let out cuz he didn't want to deal with it anymore. And then they so, see that and all of a sudden it's like oh now it's like some monster that's living in this uh Well, so so fun fact about so mm-hmm. fun fact about the Loveland frog, it's um, its first sighting was about a year after the creature from the Black Lagoon came out. <laughs> okay. So I mean, again, pop culture. Pop, I I do wonder like with the modern stuff how much pop culture affects it because like um, especially greys. If you if you kind of like look into UFO sightings, greys are kind of tied to pop culture because ye olden time like alien stuff was just people that look like us yeah <clears throat> okay so you've mentioned this and this brings up a story that i get a kick out of because <clears throat> this is because all i got to do is turn around and say okay now i want you to consider this <clears throat> there's a story called the hopkinsville goblins this is out western kentucky near the land between the lakes and okay, as I remember the story, and you have to bear with me if I'm not. 
<coughs> there are a bunch of folks hanging out at somebody's house one night. And they look out the window, and there's this white face, big eyes, kind of an elongated head that makes this shrieking sound at them. And one of them grabs a shotgun and shoots, and it, it, it runs away. Like, they run outside, they don't find a body, that sort of stuff. So this was either a goblin or one of the first, you know, an early alien story or something like Let's consider. This was, ni- like, 1950s. Middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And in the story, some stories mention they might have been drinking... And there is something called a screech owl, which has big eyes and a head that's not shaped exactly like a human. And, if and there's you a were, Hardy Boys book. Yeah, if you were drunk and blasted a shotgun at a window and didn't hit an owl because it flew away when you all started shouting, you're not going to find a body. And, and it needs to be said, yeah. because, because if you're a city folk and you've never seen an owl, owls are fucking huge. Like, they are you really be, big. You would you would you would not believe how big an owl actually is until yeah. you see one. You'll be like, "Holy shit, that thing is giant and it's scary." I have actually I've I've lived in the DC area all my life. I've never seen an owl like outside of captivity. Uh, there was there's a couple like randomly every few years there might be like a little like barn owl that will somehow find its way to DC like inadvertently, um, but those. Those are really small. They're probably what, like a foot tall, maybe, and they're kind of like you know small and cute. Uh, I have not seen an actual screech owl in person. Oh, if you see, like, if you see the owls here in in Ohio, like you you slowly back away because you're like that thing could eat my face if it wanted yeah. to. Like, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go walk away. We went to visit my in-laws one time, and they live they live pretty well out in the country, and we pulled up in the driveway. And we stopped, and I looked <clears throat> because they have a they have a driveway that goes up to the house. And they got their yard on the right, and on the left, <clears throat> there's just this big open grassy spot right next to this pretty steep hill incline, right? And I look, and there's an owl sitting there, just for scale. Now I didn't get close because honestly it was it was actually more entertaining to just kind of sit there and watch it i didn't get close but to estimate i'm six foot three this thing standing on the ground would have been taller than my knee like in terms of just like height just standing there looking around i imagine that sucker looking in the window and screeching at you when you don't see it coming and if you want just look up what an eastern screech owl looks like you know just just looking at the camera that would definitely freak you out and great horned owls are even bigger i'm not sure what the range on a great horned owl is but they don't really screech um but, yeah and i mean if you, if you ever see a hawk in person they've got size on a hawk a lot of yeah a lot of size yeah they do so just just for quick background you think of owls, you're like, oh, there was that one in Harry Potter and stuff. And people like went out and got screech owls as pets after watching Harry Potter and then let them loose because they could not handle them. So, yeah, I wouldn't. And that would just peck your eyes out just because it can. Did you say Eastern screech owl? Yeah. You know, I don't 
I don't feel like the pictures I'm looking up online right now are do it justice because they all look, they all show them like really cute and fluffy. Well, like I kind of want one. <laughs> just find one where it's looking like right dead at the camera. I'm it's, seeing okay. Here's one that I'm seeing a dude like holding one. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Here's another one. Yeah. Oh, well, this is a, a, a Eurasian eagle owl. Those, oh, damn, that's a pretty big bird. Yeah. Um, I saw another one where a guy's holding one, and it looks it doesn't look like as big as your knee per se, but it does look like it's got some good size on it. I, uh, I just know, like, I just know, um, I've been with people the first time they've seen their owl in the wild, and a typical reaction is, "What the fuck is that monster?" And it's like, <laughs> "That's an owl." You know, I really actually like owls. I do think that they're if you're gonna call it like a bird cute, I actually think they're cute. The, the head thing's really creepy. If oh, how it, you that they basically turn their head every which way. Yes, and uh, praying mantises do that. Also, praying mantises are a lot bigger in person than you think. They're yeah. kind of scary too. Yeah. I I just sent a center group chat uh, a an eastern screech owl picture real quick of him just like staring at the camera, pissed off. Just for imagine that looking in the looking at the window at you. Yeah, that would be. Well, here's one for you. Not to not to bring up like aliens and bring that sort of into it, but uh, you guys have probably seen. There's like a video that's kind of like famous now and went viral. But uh, there's like a, a little video of someone like peeking into some sort of structure where there's a bunch of uh, owl chicks. I don't know what breed of owl. Have you guys I mean, seen like that one? Little little white ones. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are a kind of screech owl. I'm pretty sure. And they the the owls because it's like they don't really have much fur, and with the big eyes and the way their face is structured, it does look like just a it was just just look like a crust a cluster of gray aliens. It, they look like grays. They look really really <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Um, and then the noise. I think that's, yeah, <laughs> I think that's actually like I think some of these like I mean if someone's saying like oh I was I was abducted. I had a close encounter with a third kind type of alien experience. No, but I mean, if you're out and you see, like, I saw an alien in the woods, like, maybe you actually just saw, like, a, an owl because mm-hmm. they have, you know, like, the oval face, the very large, like, black eyes. I have, um, and they I have are a theory about. silent, by the way. Well, I have they a theory about. You gotta be quiet. Well, I mean, at I night, th- they literally make no noise. I have a theory about, about some of those alien abductions, and I think they're, um, what's called a hypnogogic episode which essentially that is is you um you you wake up like you're awake but your mind is still asleep mm-hmm. so you see some really like weird stuff because you're not like you're in like you're essentially awake in a dream state and it, and like you'd probably have sleep paralysis but you can see some really weird shit like um Dr. Steve from the Weird Medicine podcast said he had one once and like he just woke up and saw like a giant eye looking at him. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's I think I think some of the alien abduction stuff is honestly just legitimate like weird medical condition slash psychological episodes. Sleep paralysis stuff, things like that. Or just someone having like a psychotic state or like someone that's bipolar and like a super super manic state that's not medicated like i think i think those are all legitimate explanations for that or even someone with even honestly someone because i mean i'm related to to some people 
that have um, schizophrenia, like someone like that that might be off their medication, like I would not be surprised if they thought that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of reasons that I think the alien abduction stories could someone could legitimately think that but it didn't happen yeah and people who have like uh, sleep paralysis for these hypnagogic uh, there's lots of stories about them seeing uh, like the, the shadow people things like that that type of mm-hmm. cryptid yeah um, or if you you know if you if you want to believe in the supernatural then you know those people the shadow people actually make them have this, <laughs> this sleep paralysis yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. Like that's getting into like the supernatural realm. Like I don't know how I feel about that type of thing. I kind of like. I'm, I'm more, I'm more inclined to believe that something like Bigfoot exists than I am to believe in like ghosts or shadow people and things like that. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm not. I I'm also like. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm also like a spiritual person, so if people say they see something like it, I guess they could have, but I don't necessarily believe in those things. You know, the problem is though, I like, I watch some of those shows just because I find like the storytelling interesting, but you know, a lot of those shows you start breaking it down. And like a lot of times it's just some like family and like there's problems in the marriage and like people aren't getting along and they move into some new house. And sometimes I think it's just like tensions, like, (laughs) causing weird like i don't know like if you've ever been in a house with like really bad energy like you start to like under you kind of start to understand why someone could think there's like demon possession going on and stuff but really it's just so like tension i will say this i don't know how i don't even know how to like quantify this uh and take it for what it's worth i'm not one of these people necessarily that believes like you know i'm not new age type of thing where it's like psychic energies and things like that mm-hmm. and yet i do believe in essentially some sort of like psychic energy the way i then i'll i'll basically explain this like i think brad's right like there are there are times when you can feel mm-hmm. i mean there's something to be said like even let's say like you brad brad uh shad you were you were a worker like you, mm-hmm. you did you did wrestling mm-hmm. and there are times it's like you can feed off the energy of the crowd good or bad yeah there's uh, yeah go ahead and it's like you're getting an emotion but it's like what if there's more to it than that what if it's like an actual i'll describe it as an energy I don't, it's it's really hard to like quantify it but it's like you can you can that those like emotions positive negative like you can feed off that and it you use it to enter to enhance like the entertainment that you're doing the work that you're doing like so that's yeah uh, there's just to to i'm gonna i'm gonna say it in a slightly different way mm -hmm. um but you go out there and you're doing stuff and the crowd's getting into it the way i always thought of it is that the big crowd reaction makes the amygdala in your brain think something really bad's gonna happen so it dumps more and more adrenaline into your body um, you guys had mentioned Slender Man earlier, and there are some people who are, we, we know it's not a thing. We know where it came from, right? Dumb internet thing. There's some people that, me. yeah, they're going to make the argument <clears throat> that the latent psychic energy of humanity mm-hmm. has caused it to come into being. Okay. Yeah, a, a, a tulpa. They always go yeah. like, well, like Slender Man is one. That's, that one really annoys me because 
it's not something like look like the, the whole concept of, like black eyed kids like though people have traced that like that that myth or that cryptid that legend started in like the early 90s so then you can like explore like well why why are people seeing these things like what's the yeah what's the concept behind it and maybe it is something like when Brad was talking about uh like maybe people having hypnagogic episodes or whatever like there might be actual like logical explanations for a reason why people are experiencing a very specific phenomenon yeah uh so maybe you can go into like well why are people seeing like black-eyed children like what's the deal with that maybe there's some sort of like psychological processy that is involved and that's the reason why people are seeing like these same type of things okay like you wanted to debate something like that like that's fine but it's like that there's no ambiguity with slender man it's like someone literally created this fucking thing for a a message board like contest of how to to create uh essentially a cryptid yeah it's like if, if back in the 80s instead of doing a movie it's like, what if Wes Craven was like, yeah, I, I created this like new cryptid, everyone. It's uh, it's this guy named Freddy Krueger. He, right, like, right. He's a demon that goes into your, your dreams. Like, if he just created that, uh, and actually, like, this is so, that's so weird that I brought that up. Maybe it's on my mind because like, for, uh, like the sixth movie, seventh movie, something like that. It wasn't like the concept is that Freddy became real. Yeah. Because yeah, people... they brought like um Jennifer Langenkamp back for that one because yeah. he was like haunting her. Yeah, the point, actress of Jennifer Langenkamp. Point is, like, like Slenderman is completely like created, but then people are saying like, "Oh no, I saw him," like and everything, and it's like, "What? Well, no, you didn't. Because he's made up." Like, no, 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 a tulpa, and they, I, I get really annoyed because again, I listen to like podcasts on this stuff, and people like these, these, I mean, these look, these guys, some of these guys do this like for a living. They get money for doing yeah. their dumb podcasts. So they have to like, you know, they have to they have, have content. To yeah, so they 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 keep selling like oh yeah tulpas like no tulpa it the, so people don't know tulpa is a concept and like mysticism that you could they're like thought forms you could essentially like will something into existence <laughs> which is like so the concept is like Slenderman like enough so many people have believed in Slender uh, Slenderman that now he exists as a real thing it's like no if the that's the case fucking then, Santa Claus would yeah the fucking yeah. Santa Claus is real. Uh, everyone who thinks that religion doesn't exist, like, guess what? Uh, Jesus Christ is real now because uh, enough people believe in him. Uh, yeah. same and thing then, oh, my war. God, the Krampus is real. Better yes. watch out. We're, yeah, yeah it, we're not the orcs from Warhammer 40K who they they're they're like the orcs in Warhammer 40K are latently psychic. So their thought is <clears throat> like, seriously, this is an exam- the example from the book. If you paint the trucks red, they go faster. Well, guess what? For them, it works. But we ain't them, okay? You know, it's really the it's really where a lot of that um be a thing for crying out loud. It's where a lot of that it's where I enjoy um I enjoy paranormal stuff and like the cryptid stuff. But this is where they lose me is because the people that wanna like pretend like or you know um what's the word I want? The people that are pro for it and like less skeptical mm-hmm. and like want to treat it like it's real. Like they tend to fall like with everything's real and don't have a critical eye to everything. And I don't think what people understand is when you try and when you try to pretend like slender man's actually real, you actually cheapen things that might legitimately be real or even things that are a little more like questionable because because where I fall, and like what I said earlier, though, where what Slenderman really made me wonder is, hey, I wonder how many of these cryptids that are like maybe 150 years old, like how many of these have similarly like flimsy 
flimsy like origins like hey how much of it is like hey frank and like mike went down to the lock and like made up some you know monster well that's what happened with nessie Mm -hmm. the the there was a newspaper in london that sent a guy up there to be like hey we need some content about nessie so he used like a what was it a a hippo foot umbrella basket to make footprints and he was one of the ones that that helped make the infamous photo like the infamous surgeon photo (laughs) so or how much or how much is like hey we're gonna say this like weird um moth creature is real and if anyone questions us on it we'll just make up some you know um local you know local tribe has some legend about it and then the lie gets repeated through a hundred years and you don't know what's real and what's not anymore. So like the local tribes, like if you were to actually ask someone from that tribe, instead of just saying that they have something for it, they'd be like, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like that yeah. sounds dumb. Like who, you know, who sold you that crap? Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like a, uh, essentially like a, a very long form game of telephone where, yeah. 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 Um, well, can I go Brad's, back to... uh, I'm sorry. I was going to, okay. I was going to drop this real quick. Mm-hmm. Back when we were talking about Sasquatch stuff, mm-hmm. there are people. I don't, I, and I'm not sure how far back it is because I, I did not want to get that deep into a conversation about it. <clears throat> but there are some people who have the full-on belief statement that there have been Sasquatches in Eastern Kentucky, and it's like, look, if there's any part of the world <laughs> where where a big hairy dude might mess with you. That's that's one place it could happen, right? Like, you know, Burton could be out, just be out on the evening looking for something. You know, he got into the shine and decided to take a walk and didn't put a shirt on. And you look out the backyard and there's this huge hairy thing walk by. Come on. Let's be fair. Or, or if... But how do you know, too, if some hairy thing is chasing you, how do you know it's not some drunk guy just trying to get you off his land? Right. I mean, there's 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 just. And, but and he doesn't if want the story the gets repeated so your much. Ass. Yeah. If the story gets repeated enough and then the other side to it is <clears throat> people want to feel special. So they start coming up with their own version of it to talk about. Mm-hmm. So. You know, let's let's pull up on it. I'm getting ready to run dear Pips into the laundry room and shut the door because she won't quit knocking stuff over. Um, <laughs> she feels strongly about the Mothman. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like what was she had? What strong opinions about Sabu? Is that what it was? <laughs> Everyone has strong opinions about Sabu. <laughs> but anyway, where we were back with the. Where where did we get into this from? Because I brought I us back exactly to the thing. We're talking about like the <laughs> hypnagogic episodes. And yeah, yeah, we were kind of we were kind of talking about like we were kind of I think we were kind of talking about how um, I think we were taking a skeptical look at like how we think some of this stuff can originate yeah. from natural yeah. causes and not actually exist. Yeah. Well, the, the the point I wanted to make that I, again I don't I can't quantify like I believe in like psychic energy per se. But I think I have been in situations where it 
things have definitely felt like there were if if such a thing does exist like there is that sort of energy i will say this only because a few years back my wife and i uh did go on vacation in germany and we were in munich and we took uh we took like a day trip to dachau which is one of the obviously the concentration camps it's like one, i think it was one of the first yeah and i think it's one of the worst ones too there it wasn't um it wasn't specifically an extermination camp, um, which I, after going to, having gone to Dachau, like I don't even know if I can handle going to one of those. But yeah. Dachau was certainly bad enough, and tens of thousands of people died there. And there is a point; it's toward the end of the tour where you go to uh, the crematorium where a lot of people were killed. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, like I, you feel. And at least I did. I felt like an, an energy there, and it was not good. It was a very dark, awful thing. And maybe that's just my brain telling me like something bad happened here. So, you know, no, you should feel I, that um, way. But I, I felt a... something. It felt like there. If 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 a place in the world could have like a psychic stain on it, like that place yeah. did. It did not. It there was. It was not a good place to be. It felt awful. Like I was I, um... having to leave. You know the you know the prison from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. So that's actually in Ohio, and I took a tour of it. It's abandoned now, mm-hmm. and um, there are parts of that prison that have a similar, a similar feeling to it. Yeah. Um, I got not the exact same as what Matt was talking about, but I went through the Holocaust Museum in D.C. once, and that's oh, that's yeah. all I'm ever gonna go through it. But there's one particular room, and and you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. That I walked into, and it just about knocked me down when I, I looked around, realized where I was, and it's like the whole weight of everything fell on me at that point. Yeah. So, um, hey, Brad, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not. I don't. I don't buy the collective psychic energy of humankind. Yes, I agree. For for the for exactly what you guys said. Then where is Santa Claus? Yeah, but uh, there's no way, no, no way. There, there would be. It's, it's like watching, watch, uh, reading the Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. When someone like does this ritual and starts destroying people's belief in the Hogfather, other things people believe in start popping up. Mm. That's that's not what's going on. But you were going to say something, Matt. I'm sorry. I uh, you just off. as like an aside to to go to like Brad's point, like uh, I have visited. Just as a tour, Eastern State Penitentiary uh, in Philly, yeah, which was a former prison, and even uh, it had Al Capone at one point, and it's really like dilapidated. Um, that place was, that place didn't feel, yeah, severely creepy, or just really creepy. And I think they even they even do like ghost tours there. Uh, I think every Halloween they do some sort of like ghost tour type of thing, but it is, it is like a really creepy, like dark place at points. I believe, I believe the, the, the one in Mansfield here that they used for Shawshank is, is haunted and people have said after dark, like weird stuff happens. Yeah. My brother went to grad school in Athens, Ohio. Oh, the psychiatric hospital. That's yeah. Yeah. He yeah, just they did all have... he did was drive me by it, and I was just immensely creeped out by that place. They they stayed a night there on like a road rules like way decades ago. Mm-hmm. 
just just driving by it on a sunny day was just an just a very unsettling experience. Athens actually has quite a few haunted spots. Yeah, that's that's the most no- notorious. That's the most notorious um, spot there, though. Yeah, even the pictures. Like I'm flipping through pictures on Google Image search of it right now. Uh, they they don't seem to they they carry a little bit of the weight, not not quite enough because. But uh, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna steer us to um to another cryptid. It's kind of one that's probably a little more local to Shad and I. I guess Matt's getting closer now that he's moved. But the Mothman. <laughs> oh, the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird one because the Mothman's really only a two-sighter. Like, he's only been spotted twice. Well, Uh-oh. have you guys heard about, like, sightings that have occurred in Chicago? No. Yes, but those seemed like they were not as credible. I guess what you would say. And I'm not. I take everything with a grain of salt. I'm not saying like. Yeah, I do too. But there have been uh, a lot of reported sightings of a Mothman-like creature uh, in Chicago over the last few years, which is really, I Chris is obviously obviously odd. Cause it's one thing to be like in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is more rural, um, yeah. than actually seeing something in a major metropolitan area called like Chicago. But there have been a few sightings, like I, believable I or not. I've seen Chicago people. Are they sure it's just not a drunk Bears fan? Uh. George Went might be might be stumbling around. Did it go to Bears? Like while <laughs> they were looking at it. Duh. So anyway, the Mothman's a white creature that flies with red eyes, and um, the the most popular sighting of it is like a 1966 sighting in. Mount Pleasant, and I think they do like a festival for yeah. them, don't they? There's a Mothman festival. Yeah, there's like a, there's actually a statue yeah. of Mothman in the city. It's become like a real big tourist thing. Uh, I've actually wanted to do like that festival. I think it'd probably be something fun. The town basically didn't, um, has fully embraced didn't it. Scarlet Witch and Vision live move there when they got married in the comics. Oh, I don't remember. I got nothing I for like... you on that one. They moved to a Mount Pleasant like area. It might have been it might have been something in Connecticut, but Okay. We'll pretend it's Mount Pleasant. <laughs> but yeah, uh the Mothman I think is interesting. I actually just watched there's a lot of documentaries on him. I just watched one, it was decent, but it's um I don't know, that one's weird that it has so much traction for so few sightings. I kind of think it's like um you know how Roswell just totally steered into the whole Roswell thing? Yeah. It, I would imagine it's it's just like that, and the spectacle of the whole town being in on it is probably just more fun than um, being like, oh, the Mothman, right? It's like, well, really, it's it's just more about having fun with this than anything. It's like... Hey, you come to town to check out the Mothman stuff? Have you checked out the Mothman Curio shop and the Mothman car dealership and thing? You know, I don't know if they have those things, but just the idea of everybody is steering into it and having fun with it probably creates a lot more of a 
enjoyable atmosphere. That's that's a good point you just brought up, and I, I I had gone into this episode meaning to ask that question, but I wonder how many of these cryptids are really just really savvy um, tourist <laughs> people, like tourism boards in small towns that figure out a really good gimmick to attract people and like underhand like maybe fund a couple documentaries like you know and a lot of them are just like tourism scams i feel like you need to have something at this point at this stage of the game you need to have something unique like mothman's unique so you'd have to that that would be fine uh you can't really have like like another bigfoot sighting because it's like yeah it's like there's been Bigfoot sightings everywhere, so yeah. yeah and and Bigfoot conventions just kind of happen wherever. Yeah. I think I think you need I think you need like you need you also need like you need to be able to say like oh yeah we've been having these sightings since like at least like the sixties, mm-hmm. at least pre-internet age now. So I think I think you would at least need to to go back into the eighties with your sighting. Well, I guess it could be earlier considering later since slender man's only like 2005 yeah man that slender man thing just blows me away that people think that's real there was a murder over the slender man too yeah uh, it wasn't a murder it was an attempted murder yeah it's oh, actually really sad there is an actual like documentary i think it's on hbo about it uh it's these like two young teenage girls and i mean they were young i don't i think they were yeah. even, like 13 14 something really young like that 12 or 13 yeah yeah and they tr- they uh, one was more like the culprit than the other one, but the other one was kind of like a follower. Yeah, uh, and they did like severely stab another girl, and she almost died, but it wasn't the case. Um, and in that, like that girl, like the main uh, perpetrator, uh, believed that you know Slenderman was real and that he was commanding her to do, you know, kill someone. And unfortunately, like I, I haven't watched the documentary, so I can't say all the specifics i've heard uh, a podcast on it i think she had like you know a bad family life but if not she certainly had like some mental health issues so it's just a very unfortunate so i don't i don't think people should take that and be like oh slender man is real excuse it's like yeah. you know someone as sometimes has happened over the last like few like two three decades like people will take something in pop culture and because they have mental health issues that aren't being addressed like they will kind of obsess over them and kind of conflate them with reality. Well, that's why, um, that's, that's why I think so many mentally ill people latch themselves onto the Bible and get these weird, like distorted views because like the Bible is such a vast document that you can pull things from here and there and like make it say whatever you want. So I think that really is a magnet for someone having mental issues especially if they have like an upbringing in religion because it's such a twistable thing that you can kind of get whatever you want out of it and i think i think that's where like something like slender man happens too because it's something you can latch on to and just you can find it very easily it's, yeah. it's not hard to hey, look people have been doing screwy stuff with the bible for a long time do you remember the bible code thing where like if you get the hebrew out and then you look for words that cross in the code. It's like the Bible predicted the Kennedy assassination. It's like God, come on! Oh God, if they're trying to or pull like, like um, a Nostradamus type of thing. Oh yeah. God, that, that, that's the worst. Like 
Because, like, I don't think he's actually he actually predicted that much, but his, like, um, what would you call them? His, his phrasing was so vague. Zealots, like, because they, remember they were they're pushing that thing after 9-11 that he, like, predicted it. And it's like, no, yeah. he didn't. No. Oh, yeah. Look, any of us could, like, put out a set of predictions, and if we word it, like, vague, vague enough, enough, and we kind of hint at, you know, world events happening, it's like we're probably going to come close to something yeah. in the next like yeah. 20 years and people could be like well look they predicted it it's like well no we just kind of looked at the world and made some broad generalizations we <laughs> made some it, educated no. guesses yeah and there's a line from um the weird al song that's your horoscope for today one of the horoscopes is tomorrow you'll wake up do a bunch of stuff and then go back to sleep like <laughs> that's not a that's not an out there kind of guess you know now, I do want to talk about a cryptid that we did find out was real via wrestling, which is the Yeti, because we saw him dry humping Hulk Hogan on And there on are Pink two Yeti sightings! <laughs> he kind of took on, like, a ninja persona after, like, the mummy thing. Yeah, I took that to be, like, they didn't want to have to put that dumb fake mummy costume on. <laughs> they just came up with a dumb one. I, well, I don't know why you didn't just, like, change his name. Yeah, right? No idea. Uh, okay, and and the the part that makes the Yeti the worst is he's doing this dual bear hug on Hulk Hogan with the giant, and he's got the hip gyration going on while he's doing it. No, it looks like it looks like they were trying to gangbang Hogan when they were doing that. Yeah. Oh, and we had the we had the lot we had uh what, oh, what was stupid Haystack's Calhoun's name Lock at the time was he Lock yeah. Ness. That was at a point when he couldn't even really move, could he? Giant he did like an elbow drop as a finisher. Yeah. He was like he 600 like... pounds. At least he was built that way. Yeah. All these... He must run out of that big daddy money. <laughs> was that the uh, the guy... I sent you guys a clip of uh, this big dude on a... Um, he was on a British talk show. I think it was Haystack's Calhoun. Was it? Okay. They were making fun of him. And he's like, well, I'm going to do the first part of my signature move, which is the slam. And I will not, I will choose not to do the splash here. And the host is just, I mean, just poking the bear. And so the host is like, all right, here, hold my suit jacket. And Calhoun just picks him up and then just, he doesn't even do like a full rotation body slam. He just like lifts him up across his body and then just dumps him. <laughs> It's just like, whoa, oh, yeah, that's that's probably why you shouldn't. That That's like Richard Belzer telling Hogan to tighten up. That was that was a bad choice. Yeah. Uh, reporters getting beat up by wrestlers. Oh, and there's John Stossel getting his. He suffered permanent hearing loss from that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he got, yeah, he had some damage. Yeah, that, and, uh, oof. That, uh, Historically, I have kind of liked John Stossel, but that was a really dumb thing for him to do. Is well, the, but that I feel like I don't think Schultz should have done it that hard, but no. he got kind of fucked because the office told him to do that, and then they yeah. totally like threw him under the bus. Oh, after. he yeah. was a scapegoat. He was totally a scapegoat. <laughs> they were like, "Look, have Schultz do it. He'll do it. We can fire him, and it won't be any kind of issue." Yeah, that, that was the. The cop that was shitty. Analysis. Yeah. 
but so do we want to i want to i want to i want to discuss i'm going to give us 15 minutes here then we'll call tonight um so speaking of old as fuck shit um uh the miz winning the wwe title (coughs) elimination chamber and i wonder who actually who on this planet wants well two two things who on this planet wants to see Miz on their TV and who wants him as their wrestling champion? Because I can't think of a single person. I don't, I haven't minded the Miz in the last few years, just because I actually do think not as a main event heel, but I do feel like as like a mid card level heel, he's pretty good. Like he will get, he could get heat my only my only counterpoint to that though mm-hmm. is he's like one of the only like protected constantly protected people on the roster. Yeah, and like the, you just you just kind of get you just kind of accept he's okay because you get beat you get you get bludgeoned over the head with him twenty four seven. He's definitely has been protected the last, last like two three years because of the fact that he has that USA show which my wife watches and uh so because for, for people who are married like you can commiserate like if uh if your spouse watches a show like you kind of watch the show because <laughs> they they will watch it um you know while while i'm around either like there mm-hmm. with her or i'm doing stuff that I, i've seen enough of the program it yeah. is just a terrible i think it's a terrible program it is like most reality shows it's very very fake but i feel like it's like it's more blatantly fake than others. Yeah. Is like, that totally divas? Because I saw a trailer for that once, and even by reality show standards, I thought it was like exceptionally fake and like set up. I can't say that I've seen Total Divas, even though my wife I think has watched a few episodes. Um, but the Miz I think is probably in that in that the Miz show, Miss and Miz and Mrs. It's him and Maurice um, and yeah. their kids. Oh, okay. It's I think it's it's more fake than than. And I feel most reality shows because a lot of reality shows you watch and it's like, well, is this specific drama realistic? And it's like, eh, probably not. But <laughs> they will do things on Ms. and Mrs., which is like, this is like sitcom level. Like, like for instance, there was one this this most recent season where Ms. was doing something where he was like away. Uh, he had his own little storyline for the episode, and meanwhile. Uh, it was Maurice and what what I don't know what Mrs. Dad's George George Mizanin is like his dad and they were like working together because some wacky event like George had bought all these like what uh, but then his grand idea was to actually put like an insert like a sticker or something but it basically like an insert of Mrs. Face into the toilet to uh, look like he was gonna piss on Miz. <laughs> Which is like just so dumb, but it's like that was like there. He was like a uh, get quick, get rich quick scheme. He's gonna sell like Miz toilets, that's, and oh, that they is... just they happened to sell a bunch of them and made like a few thousand dollars. And it's like I, this this this, this didn't happen. Did not, None of this happened. No. And it's... I liked I liked the um, Christmas episode where Miz and Maurice didn't have any money, and Miz had this really nice watch, so Maurice shaved her head. <laughs> to get him a chain for his watch and then he sold his watch to get her combs for her beautiful hair and then you know the big misunderstanding at the end wackity schmackity 
The gift of the Mizai. <laughs> oh, 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 shit, that's I just, a, that's, that's a, oh, I want royalties if that happens offer. this year. Oh, God. No, Matt, on one hand, that hurt, but then on the other hand, as a fellow dad, that's that's like internet high five. That's yeah, that's, that's, that, that's what that is. Bad, bad that's... There's actually an interesting small side conversation on pro wrestling only when he won the title talking about has there ever been someone that's won the same world title 10 years apart and never left the company and they were only getting to like seven or eight years and some a lot of those guys had left and like come back or it was like a Japanese company where they were like freelancing on the side too. See, I don't generally mind Miz. I, I look at him and I see his his ability to get heat is very good. You know, I got to respect the fact that he has been able to have as long as a career as he has. <coughs> but him winning the title the way that he did just doesn't. It, well, here's here's my problem with the Miz and why I hate him. He's never been good in the ring. Um, he would be tolerable if he only if he only got like a little time every week, like a mid Carter should. But for some reason, they think he's far more entertaining than he is. So they we have to deal with these like Miz talk show segments that take up like twenty minutes at a time. He has he, uh, he, he ne- gets a lot of time. Every- well, I know yeah. why that is, or I know what the and, story is. And. For one thing, you have a legitimate star that could be your world champion is his fucking lackey, yeah. and he makes him not interesting when he's like great everywhere else. That that bothers but, me so much. Oh, I I don't really care about Morrison anymore. I I kind of stopped caring about him when he came back to the WWE, and they just immediately paired him with Miz, and they've just been sure, like they have nothing to do. They've with, been they super just, annoying the entire time they've been there. It, it it showed that they just signed him because they didn't want him to benefit other companies like he was. Yeah. Uh, the, God, you know, Morrison not... Morrison should be so much more than he is. That, that just... God, that just... That hurts me. Like, down deep. It's like, this this is a guy that should be more. But, like, the, the Miz talk show stuff on WWTV, like... It is it is offensively painful to sit through. Okay, like we got. I would rather sit through Baron Corbin than I would The Miz doing his like talk show routine. Ooh, I don't know about that, but we consider back when the the first time that uh, Miz and Morrison did what was it the rap sheet? Hang on. I'm... Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, they did the rap sheet, and it was it was entertaining, and they were you know nasty heels and you kind of hate them for it so now they have someone else telling them how to do what they did ever how many years ago the the story that i've heard was that there it was it was after mania one year and there's the big after party and miz is heading that way and he comes across a bunch of the writers and he's like hey are you guys going to the party and they're like no we're not allowed in the party so he took them all and like bought them a nice dinner and that sort of stuff, and they've looked out for him ever since. So on one hand, I kind of get it, but then on the other hand, it's like, you know, can we can we can we not have, have your world title on a guy that's feuding with Bad Bunny? <laughs> 
Can we have a little break, please? Supposedly, they're not planning on Miz being in the Mania main event, but... But you, the, the, it seems like they want him to job it to Lashley the way they they built the last episode. But why not just have Lashley beat Drew McIntyre? And maybe maybe don't put your want to build a guy up for a world title after having him in like an eight month long storyline a year and a half ago in a cuck storyline, yeah. an interracial cuck storyline for like eight months that everyone hated, and then turn around and try and rehab him up. <laughs> The thing is, though, and this is where I feel like they've kind of like shot themselves in the foot. Like they actually have rehabbed Lashley, yeah. And they did it. The reason, so this is how they did it, and this is how they've actually rehabbed all of like the hurt business guys. Um, they did. Oh my god, guys! Novel concept. They actually have them uh, prominently featured every week. One, and number two, they win. They actually win matches. What a Wait, shock. You mean it's not like Retribution where they job to like nobody's in yes. like three minutes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, or and... it's not parody booking where it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you and then you're going to beat me. And we're going to repeat that um, every week for uh, three months. And then we're going to have a pay-per-view match that like, people are somehow <laughs> supposed to care, even though they've already seen us face each other, face each other every week for like 12 weeks. Also, I, the hurt. I like the hurt business, but like my struggle with the hurt business <coughs> is like they 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 shied away, but they were trying to they were teasing breaking them up, mm-hmm. like right after they won the tag titles, which pissed me off. But you can tell, you can tell so bad that they're just chomping at the bit to screw the hurt business up. They just haven't decided when they're going to do it yet. But this is how they shot themselves on the foot. Like they they've gotten those guys over. To the point where, like, Lashley, I guess this past uh, Raw, like, Lashley, uh, I guess, like, beat up The Miz. He's supposed to face The Miz next week and next week. Um, and he, His there was a like, contract's up after Mania, too. Who, Lashley? Yep. Really? I don't see him, like, leaving. For... No, but but it shows how stupid he, they um, that... He was, like, posing with the belt. Yeah. And the re... Go ahead. I was gonna say it shows how stupid they are though that they that they start pushing a guy like three months left on his deal because they they just mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck they're doing. All I know is like he posed with the belt and the reaction from from people online, which obviously are not the entirety of the fandom, but it, it, people were like, "Oh my god, this is great! I want to see Lashley with the title," and basically treating Bobby Lashley as like you're the babyface. He's not, I guess, technically the herpes is technically like baby faces, but they're kind of baby faces, and they have the research should, going on. Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be having Bobby Lashley if he's not going to be the guy you're pushing. If the guy you actually want to be like one of your your new standard bearers, like the new guy as Drew McIntyre, then you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't have that reaction where people are like chopping at the bit for lashley you know why though because but like with the hurt business stuff and lashley like he doesn't like i i'm not as big on drew mcintyre as other people purport to be but you don't have to hear lashley come out and monologue at you every week yeah like he's he's because he's like a mid-card act that's moving up the card he feels different he's not doing that tropey wwe stuff and the other thing the other difference between lashley and mcintyre is like when Lashley has a belt, like Lashley just feels right, especially like his post WWE run when he was doing like Impact and stuff. 
Like, he's really a good character when he has a belt around his waist. So you're kind of starting to get that from him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they've got... I think I also think the Hurt Business guys are getting a little more leeway with what they're allowed to do. It would but, not surprise me in the slightest. But they're, they're also, like, they win. They don't, like, look like dumbasses. Like, there's a reason they they're over and they're he's gonna get a face reaction the problem is like drew was the champion minus the orton thing for since the last mania like what's one interesting thing drew mcintyre's done well i haven't really been watching so i can't really attest to it (laughs) he hasn't really done a lot of standout stuff um I mean, like, I, even like mm-hmm. even like Moxley's reign, even when I, like a couple months I wasn't watching, like you would anything he was doing title defense wise would always cross your radar because he was actually having a good reign that was interesting. I don't know. Cause they, like I wasn't watching when he did the Brian Cage thing, but like that was interesting and like that was getting buzz. Like what did drew do that got any buzz because he's in that stupid oh well you have a challenger you have to wrestle him for three times and oh well teehee you can't get away from um you can't get away from orton ever yeah. you're just gonna wrestle of your whole reign and like oh people kind of like this um the shameless thing we kind of stumbled ass backwards into well we're putting the belt on miz and we'll just blow your feud off on raw the next night yeah i, I don't understand it like i in a way, it's not his fault. It's just the way they booked it. It's like one. It's I agree with you. Like they shouldn't. Why? What was the point of like putting the belt on Orton if he was going to win it right back? It's almost yeah, like I they booked himself into be like, well, I guess, I guess we have to give Orton a win over him. It's like no, you don't actually. You, you don't. Like you don't have to give Orton anything if he Mac- has enough. Yeah, if McIntyre is going to be like your new one of your new guys, then just book him strong. Uh. And I think I think the current booking is like they they actually want to do they want to do Lashley McIntyre at Mania, uh, and they probably I would guess want it to be McIntyre winning at Mania over Lashley. They want him to they want his coronation to be with a crowd is I think what's happening. <laughs> yeah, but okay, but they, and they didn't want they didn't want Lashley to just flat out job to him. I guess without, I guess they want to have that coronation episode, and they can't just have, they can't have that. They need, they need Miz to be transitional. But I don't know. I, I, I don't. I guess I'm like old school in the sense that if you're going to have him be the guy, don't have him be losing so much. He shouldn't have lost the title to to Orton, and he shouldn't have lost the title to Miz. Now, like if he wins it from Lashley or someone, then he's going to be like a three-time a, champion. He's be a three-time champion. It's like shit. none of it's, yeah, none of it's like really that memorable. Yeah, like I, it's, I, I mean, it's not, it's it's unfortunate because if if because of Corona, like if if it if he had a crowd, I feel last year him beating Lesnar probably would have been a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. But and I don't I don't dislike him actually. I'm perfectly fine with him being like their new guy. Like if you're gonna make him, I just be like my problem with him mm-hmm. as champion is um, they just have not done anything to make him interesting or make him feel like he's actually worthy of where he's at. Like they never built him up properly and they've never, they haven't 
they haven't used his reign properly to like grow him into the role it still feels like he's cosplaying as a world champion and he's really not it's actually his reign reminds me a lot of that icy title run where he just didn't feel like he deserved it any step of the way and he had it like forever i might agree with you on the second point but on the first point i don't know he was the silver bullet that that finally got rid of lesnar so I might they I would feel they they did a better job building him up than I'm I think you're giving him credit for but but he was like he was like he was like Baron Corbin and like Shane McMahon's lackey until well, yeah, like a couple months before the sucked. Rumble and then he yeah he eliminated Brock and oh look he's like the Royal Rumble winner now like surprise <laughs> like and he really he really wasn't it didn't feel like he had like the trajectory of someone that should win the Rumble they did that pretty quickly i'll agree on that point i feel like i kind of agree with both of you i think they have done a little more to protect him and make him definitely seem like this is like our new guy like he's like our new main baby face a guy that we're really actually going to be investing in which at least how it feels to me like it's different than other guys they flirted with doing that with but i also agree with you brad in that I feel like they have, outside of like him winning the Rumble and, and beating Lesnar, since then, I don't feel like they've done a lot to really make him stand out or be unique. And if you want to compare him to Moxley, I think you brought up a good point about Moxley's reigns. Nothing, and again, this is not necessarily his fault because he's not he doesn't, he doesn't make his own booking, but nothing that McIntyre has done in the last year has probably got any amount as much heat as the Moxley match that he had with Eddie Kingston. And that match was literally like thrown together in like a month. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Oh gosh. That but it, Moxley Kingston build was so good. It was so good. It, they did it in like a month and the match was good and intense. And there was so much drama and heat with that. And they haven't like nothing that McIntyre has done has been like that good. But that's that's kind of like an overall feeling of like the WWE booking at large because no one really has anything that there's not like anyone really has that much hype or heat. Yeah, there there's not as no. they've never brought like Drew's big thing about beating Brock. First of all, happened just entirely too damn fast because they were just like, all right, go do it. And then they haven't ever really, like, I'm going to kind of agree with Brad. They haven't ever done anything to, like, really build another high point in his story. He's just kind of been champ in the COVID era, which, if you look at, at Mania, last Mania, the number of people that have been hurt by not having the crowd there to say, no, we like this person. Yeah, Mandy and Otis, for God's sake. Like That was legitimately the only good angle they did last year. But yeah. yeah, and and what was it? A month or two later, they moved Mandy to the other show and like cut her hair off. And now they're not doing like Jack Squat with Otis. Like they cooled him I mean, off. They're not hard. doing anything with Mandy either. You know, right. They cooled both of them off super hard. I'm I and so Drew, through his run, 
I think it would be fair to say he's been perfectly serviceable, but they haven't given him much of anything to work with. Well, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help when you have to run through like Orton for six months and you're just kind of like it feels like everything's like retreads that have challenged for the title a million times. Yeah, I actually think that's why people were latching on to that Sheamus feud because it was kind of different. It was two guys kind of like from like the same area of the world. Like it felt different. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. um, Yeah. I God. And then they, and then of course, because, because it's different, they, it's like what they did with Joe and Lesnar. Like they give you something that people are kind of like raising their eyebrows out and they can't end it quick enough. Yeah. Well, I'm, it, it blows my mind. The number of people I see in online discussions just absolutely, oh, Orton is so good. Orton's the best. Orton's like a goat, you know, and I'm just like, oh, like, okay, he's had a long run and he's been given a lot, but I'm not going to be on the train that he's like anybody else who had been given what he's given wouldn't be in that same place. It, It just it gives me a migraine that this is that they had they keep doing all of this with or I'm so sick of him. I, well, but the thing is, I don't understand. Why couldn't you have put the belt on Seamus? I don't know. Why couldn't, why couldn't like you had Miz cash in like mid match. Um, McIntyre, like Claymore kicks him, turns, eats like a kick from, Sheamus and he pins him then Sheamus has the belt which I think people would have been better off with and then you could just have Lashley destroy Sheamus or you could do like a three way where you know you know you you have some chicanery and and um, Lashley gets the belt and then you do like the mania thing I don't know I, I have no idea <clears throat> but look at look at also but look at Edge after he's won the Royal Rumble like he doesn't seem like he's been a factor at all since he won the Rumble. I mean I know he can't wrestle but that's why you don't give your your um you don't have a fifty year old that can't wrestle when you're Rumble. I I don't know I, I wish <clears throat> honestly this um this discussion is just a great example. Of, of why, why none I, of us really watch much. I can't I can't stand it anymore. I, I really can't. It there are so many good people that should have so many more opportunities than they do and they don't and I'm so bored with how they do it that I just I, I am staggered. It also reeks of like Bruce Pritchard still hasn't figured out that it's not 10 years ago. So he can't think around any of this stuff. So it's like, well, how are we going to get the belt off of off of Drew McIntyre to up his title reigns? Well, I'm comfortable with The Miz. There was on YouTube uh, earlier today, they post post a clip from the Brian and Vinny show. And I guess Vinny made the point. He says he's like, it's not it's like the title is not the hallmark of excellence now it's the number of reigns is what makes yeah, you legitimate and yeah he also he also compared put it alvarez also compared putting the belt on miz to them purposely tanking 
because I guess I guess I guess because he he talks about the year over years, and I guess they lost twenty five percent of their audience. Wow. On the year over year. Because the thing is, I, 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 it doesn't really get stated enough, but like Raw doesn't really do two million. Like that's that's a no. And even in like the dark days, of like ninety five, like I think they are still doing like three million people. You're going to lose some people just because the nature of the way things are now. With mm-hmm. you don't, it's. I mean, you would have huge numbers back in the eighties per se for stuff. I'm not even talking about wrestling per se. It's even just like network television because you didn't have like cable competition. Mm-hmm. And then that dropped in like the nineties and early two thousands when you had cable, like there's so many cable channels. Now it's dropped even further because of all the streaming services. Like I'll be honest with you, like most nights if my wife and I have time to watch television, we're not watching like we rarely watch stuff like as it airs, we will watch stuff basically on demand or streaming services. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly going to eat into actual like viewers. So I, I can get that. But at the same time, like do you have ratings data that shows like year after year, after year you're losing like double what TV is. A whole you're, you're, but you're losing large chunks. It's one thing to be like, well, you know, raw is like down 5% from last year. It's not like that. It's down. It's been like down 20%, 25% like year over year. And it's, mm-hmm. and it, because to put in perspective, I think back in 2015, mm. they could for a big show they could still draw like five plus million people. Yeah. Could you imagine like what kind of story it would be if a WWE show pulled five million people today? I'd be wondering what kind of voodoo they pulled off. Yeah. So you're talking about you're talking about a company that's lost sixty plus percent of their <laughs> audience in six years. Hilariously, there are people out there that still proclaim that AEW is a ratings failure. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what kind of mental gymnastics these people have to go through. Well, the thing is like, if you, if you took it, would NXT is going to probably get taken off the air for hockey next year. Like if, if they don't improve the, like the raw ratings. Um, and I, I imagine AEW is going to be pushing on them. By like a couple hundred thousand, like 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 a couple hundred thousand people. Uh, is NXT gonna get like assigned to another night? Or... No. So what? Because hockey, one of the main hockey nights is um, because they're pretty much what's happening is NBC's doing away with their sports network. And Wednesday nights is hockey night during hockey season there. Okay. And if you're if if you're NBC, you're not going to keep NXT when when the NHL does better ratings no. than NXT does and draws a younger crowd. So it's going to get booted off of Wednesdays because of hockey when they when they start doing stuff. And I think it's been stated they want to bring the hockey to USA. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going to happen is they're gonna they're gonna get removed for hockey. Mm-hmm. And I also think I also think. It's it was well, just stupid. Like NXT doesn't pull ratings, they just don't. Yeah, as people have said, like they're there basically to lower AEW's ratings. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like NXT struggles to get over seven hundred thousand. Uh, they, for the most part, they they rarely beat AEW, and most a lot of weeks it's not 
particularly close. No, it's like they win they win one like every four or five months, and then they might draw one every four or five months. Like it's it's, and there are weeks where there are weeks where AEW has almost a million and NXT has like six hundred thousand. Like it's it like most weeks it's not close. Like they get close occasionally, but. It ne- they ne- they've never maintained anything because their product's really not that good, I don't think. So, uh, is there anything else we wanted to say on the wrestling front? How far are we away from Mania are we at? Mm-hmm. We've still got to get through Fastlane, so more, more than a month. You know, I, I have to say, I really hate Fastlane because it really screws up the Mania build. Yeah, it's just a throwaway pay per view. And it, but you have to get, you have to build up to that, then build up to Mania, and it really, you know, where it really screwed things up was the the Ronda Becky Charlotte. Oh yeah, thing because that they they did all that stupidity where they like change the belts around and stuff. Yeah. Um. What did they used to call it? Like, was it what was it? No way out of Texas or something was the. One year was oh, way back in the day. Yeah. Or... Well, because well, it used to be you would go to you. It used to be I don't remember what the February pay per view used to go, but you'd have the Rumble, the February pay per view, and then you'd usually get a good chunk of build into Mania, but you didn't have that extra pay per view. Like Fastlane has only been around for maybe ooh, since the network days, I think, is when they started doing that. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, in your house, no way out of Texas. Uh, was in '98. What was the card? Just give me the card. Because it was St. Valentine's Day massacre in '99. Because um, Big Show threw Austin through the cage. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. So okay. <clears throat> No way out of Texas. The main event was Cactus Jack, Chainsaw Charlie, Owen Hart, and Steve Austin versus the New Age Outlaws, Savio Vega, and Triple H. Like it was a, <clears throat> it was a, like multi-man tag match with a bunch of feuds building the mania. So it was like the thing that at least that main event did, and they did it again. Ahmed Johnson and DOA and Ken Shamrock versus the Nation of Domination. Um, if it was an in your house, it was probably one of those. The in your houses used to be like twenty dollars shorter pay per views back yeah. in the day. Yeah, it was an in your house. Um, but what it, it looks like, what all this did was just kind of continuing mania build without giving stuff away before mania. So, you know what? I, I don't know because mania. What mania builds remind me of like the WrestleMania fifteen build where stupid Vince Russo was building to um, Road Dog challenging for the hardcore title and Billy Gunn challenging for the IC title. So he had the brilliant idea like two weeks before the pay-per-view, like, hey, let's have Road Dog win the IC title and Billy Gunn to win the hardcore title. Yeah. And screw the whole paper. Oh, I remember still... that. It was terrible because it killed all of the momentum. Killed the IC belt because then it was like Road Dog, then like Goldust won it after like he hadn't been relevant in forever. And then Godfather got it. 
I don't remember what the 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 lineage was, but it was that was it was. It really got really. Bad. That's about. That's about where it got devalued horribly until like I think Benoit and like Jericho started getting in there. Yeah, it got traded around like a hot potato for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. You're just throwing it at everybody. Well, that and... was that was heavily when it's the the you know the quote unquote the belts are just props era. Yeah. I, that is something that I will say like not to it's hard to keep like beating up the WWE about things, but that that is something that so far I do appreciate that AEW has done that they've tried to make their belts still like have meaning. Yeah. Where you're not just like trading them back and forth. I mean, I do think, I do think that can work in instances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like maybe like their TNT title was actually like, that was kind of geared towards that, like a TV title. But I think they're trying to make that one add a little prestige to that and actually have that get people over. Yeah, well, and it's still relatively early yeah. in the the life cycle for both of these titles, which means that they've got to um, they've got to build them up. If you start just hot potatoing them around this early on, then they don't mean squat, and no one there, there's not going to be a um, you know nobody's going to care. It's just I be... also think um, I, I also think you have to hot potato sometimes because you can't have title belts change hands and people be like, well, I'm just in for a six to tenth month reign. Sometimes a guy's got to lose it in a month. Yeah. And then and because you got it, you got to you got to be unpredictable. Yeah, like, there's got to be some tension. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. That was one thing that frustrated me. On several of the indies I was in, was that they would, the belt would stay on the same people in some like in in some cases like more than a year. And granted, the shows are monthly, but you're showing up for shows for like eight months, and the same guys holding it, and there's never any question of it going in. And it's like, oh. You know, it just takes the wind out of you because you're like, well, why do, why am I, why do I care about this match if I know he's not gonna lose it? Yeah, basically. So it's kind of like it's it's the chic problem. <laughs> Who was I, I listened to your dark match with Dave the Threadkiller, um, and, and you, I heard you guys talk about the chic with that about his formula and how nobody cared and that sort of stuff, but. Uh, I really liked a lot of what he had to say. I'm not done with it yet, but I've enjoyed a lot of what he's had to say. Well, the Sheik would lose it sometimes, but like if you look at it, was called Big Time Wrestling. If you look at the run, he had there like it was the U.S. title. He had it more often than not, mm-hmm. and like that works sometimes. But like. I think like the Detroit didn't build new stars and like how many times are you gonna go and watch like the Sheik, you know, um pray on his prayer rug to Mecca and like stab a guy with a pencil and then fireball them and never get his come up as before you just get bored. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Someone new comes in, gets fireballed and leaves. And it's like, well, that's really where I think Ring of Honor started to lose me is like you knew if someone was going to win the belt 
you typically knew how long they were going to have it. And you could tell by title defenses in ROH if it was like if there's any chance of the belt changing hands. And you typically knew with Gabe booking, like if a guy was challenging the first time, he was going to lose. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just... On one hand, I, I don't want belts just flying all over the place. But every now and then, like you said, you got to do it just to keep some tension there. Just just yeah. a little bit. But Well, I think that about... Matt, do you have anything to send us out on, or are you good? No, I don't think I have anything else. Boy, what a uh, what an odd episode! We were just <laughs> all in on the cryptids, and they're like, "Oh, and WWE sucks." I hate the Miz, so I had to I had to <laughs> shit on him for at least a minute. I've never, even back to when they did that tough enough with him. I he made a bad first impression on me, and he's never he's legitimately in like how long has he been there? Like fifteen, sixteen years now, and all that time he's never once done anything that's ever made me think differently about him. Uh, he's never been good in the ring he um he's annoying and he takes up way too much airtime. i I respect his ability to get heat very much because that's not something he has an ability to get heat naturally it seems like that a lot of people don't um my old tag partner bj fuller could he could just get heat by walking walking to the ring like he didn't even he didn't even have to stop and jaw that much but he'd come through the curtain and walk to the ring and people just hated him. I got I got to respect that. <coughs> so Well, I believe that's all we got. So we want to say thank you everybody for joining us for this episode. Um were there cryptids that we should be hitting on but didn't? Um do you want to hear us dive into more of that sort of stuff? <clears throat> We're, uh, you know, we're game for requests and that sort of thing, too. So, you know, feel free to hit us up through any of our social media. We'd love to hear from you. And this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we'll see you next time.